0: Hey, so this is Zach, and I'm here with Mike, and we're going to be discussing any questions he has this week on the first episode of our podcast. So with that being said, I guess, Mike, how have you been doing this week?
1: I have been doing good, pretty good. Had a nice little accomplishment today. I guess we'll get to that later in a little bit, but how you been?
0: (laughs) Good, good. No, we don't have to wait. What was your accomplishment?
1: They had a solo project to make a basketball scoreboard. And you're kind of they kind of just like left you alone like you know it's it's on you to to do it so yeah it's not anything pretty but it's functional as you can see here plus one that's cool plus two plus three one two three and so that was a big accomplishment for me and the reason why it was such a big accomplishment is because last night when I faced this. I kind of gave up. <laughs> really? I what,
0: what were you stuck on?
1: And it was one of my questions that I had for last night. But you know, today at work, you know, nobody was really there, so I took some, you know, advantage of the time, and I was like, let me, let me try to tackle this again. And it was just daunting for me just to just see a blank page. This was blank for the most part. This only had the home and guests. That was it. Like the, the the top, the header three.
0: Did you have to Google anything to kind of get going? No, no,
1: but I did end up. So for the most part, I did everything through memory, but but one of my issues that I came across was just the counts. I think I ended up getting that a little confused and I did look back in one of the other exercises just to see like how it was structured with the count. Okay. <clears throat> and even then, like I already had it all down, I just for some reason I made I didn't have this, I had guest in here for some reason. I didn't even have a, a variable for that. I mean there's a variable here for it, but I used this variable instead of just like a separate one which had, you know, the count at zero. So yeah, that declared, makes sense. Yeah. So that's where I got confused and nothing was happening. And then once I realized, oh wait, I just needed a, to make a separate variable for the count started at zero and everything just worked from there. But yeah, for the most part, everything was from memory that like get from like Tom, so I was pretty proud of it, man. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like, like I said, it's not pretty. I think they wanted you to make it, let me see, like, you know, nice and I was, I was like, let me just, let me go function first. Let me see how that works.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's really not that far off. You should be really, really proud because it's difficult. And once you kind of figure out and struggle through a problem, now mm. you like really learn in those moments. So I think you'll really be picking up JavaScript faster now.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing that also like, and I think one of the main reasons why I really kind of like immediately just shut down was because of the HTML aspect. Like I kind of haven't really practiced the HTML in a minute. So at that point I was looking at them, like I was looking at both like, blank canvases pretty much i'm just like where the hell do i start and that was one of my questions i was gonna have for you today as like how do you go about starting a, a javascript project but you know i kind of just hammered away i was like All right, let me just not just immediately give up let me just actually try to tackle this because it just seemed so daunting i think that's what it was it was just kind of scary to like be on your own <laughs> like i was yeah. like Whoa.
0: every time you build anything you got to break it down to the smallest parts that you no yeah just start on those and don't even worry yourself about the thing you don't know yet before i go into that i wanted to go to your index.js and just point one thing out yeah really good job calling it home and guess for those elements right but maybe it would make more sense to call it like home element and the only reason why Mm. is because because on line three and four imagine if you had a bunch more javascript going on if another developer comes in here they're going to be like what the heck is count one this is kind of a problem with beginner developers like okay. you want to name things and you can name them longer, just make it descriptive like okay. instead of count one, I would call it like maybe home score and the other one is away score or guess oh score. true yeah like <laughs> no reason you can't name it that way and then it's just so right. much easier for other people too
1: uh, as I was going through here and I remember hearing this a while back was like once you start copying and pasting you're you're doing something it's not that per se you're doing something wrong, but like you're doing something you're not being effective. So that's what, like, all of this was just copy and paste, and I kind of just changed it. And then I realized, hmm, maybe there's a way to clean this up. Yeah, make it yeah,
0: we can talk through that right now, how we can clean it up. But I also want to mention, it's not the end of the world to have duplication. Like, every application is going to have some sort of duplication. Mm-hmm. It's And that's why coding is kind of an art form. You want to have just the right amount, right? right. Like, you want to be able to... Have a good abstraction so you don't repeat stuff. But then at the same time, mm. if you need to make a small change, you shouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't make that change because like I just assumed it was always going to be done this one way. And we right. have one little function that the entire app uses. Right. And I can't really change it very well. So that's why it's really like a balancing act. Mm. Gotcha. Um, but let's let's talk about one way we can make this better. Like yeah. I, Immediately what would pop into my head is we can make two functions that just make two separate functions in the beginning and you can make it even better than this, but this is just one way. I think it would be a lot better. Right. Make a function that's just called increment home score, and then make another one called like increment guest score. And you'll notice that like, since JavaScript is a camel case language, generally when you're naming these and I'm talking them out and they're multiple words, I right. would camel case them. Yeah. So like increment and then h for home would be capitalized and then score like s for score would be capitalized mm. it's kind of the paradigm
1: so you know as a function like would would it matter if it's camel case or not like could you just leave it all you lowercase? could leave it all
0: lowercase but that's it, just kind. it's just of, more
1: neat right it's just the proper way
0: yeah just because Java, javascript in general like look at get <laughs> element by id like just the way the APIs have been built that are just kind of built right. into the browser camel case. And so everyone just kind of follows that approach.
1: Gotcha. Cool. And,
0: uh... and if you have like a long name, it can be kind of hard to understand what it is if you don't capitalize some of those. Gotcha. The, the way I like to think of functions is it's readable and whatever the function name is fully describes what it does. Like it's called increment home score. You know right. what it's doing. And it's pretty obvious that like, oh, you pass in how much you want to increment it by. And right. It does it
1: okay yeah for some reason i I I felt like i had to you know stay short in like a a small word for some reason but that would make sense yeah Yeah, see
0: that's like another (laughs) see that's a problem because a lot of freaking tutorials it's really annoying they use like single letter variables Yeah. especially when you're looking things up and i don't know why everyone does it even in typescript there's like People use the letter T for a type. It's like, why would you ever use T? You would use what it actually is, like type. home or whatever it is. So it just makes the code so much easier to understand. Like when I, if I like jumped in and all I saw was add one H, I'd be like, I have no idea what that means. If like that was all I saw, I would have right. to like go to the indexation HTML, look around versus something like increment home score. If someone told me, Hey, there's a problem with our incrementing of the home score or like the mm. home score doesn't work i would like search for home score without even looking at the code and you could kind of see stuff already Okay. so i don't know i always name things based on what the visual design has so okay. i never really think about the code when i'm thinking of names i'm looking at okay what's the ui element for this because for me that's the easiest thing when you're working in a large app if you need to work on a certain page i hope that you can just kind of oh, that's the the game score, and I could kind of search for game score or search score, and I can just find it, even if I don't know the structure of the project.
1: Right. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, you, you want it to be easier for people to come in and out and change it up if they need to. Yeah. God, man, look at the difference, though. Jeez. <laughs>
0: It's really good that you did that because what you did was you wrote the same thing over and over and you're really confirming in your head how it works and you understood it. Right. That's completely fine. Oh, shoot. And honestly, a lot of times when you code, you actually kind of write, you might sometimes write more code and then you see kind of the whole picture and then you'll refactor.
1: Mm.
0: I don't know if you know, but that's what refactoring means. What we just did is refactoring.
1: Okay. So that's the term for it. Got you yeah we yeah, no, just had I, a bunch I, of code I, I, and then we found a better way yeah like in my mind i was like oh wait yeah, okay, that's working cool <clears throat> yeah man nice wow now i'm still like amazed like look at that man what the heck that is such a difference
0: yeah so now the other thing is you could go further and this is where i find some developers maybe even new ones think they're getting really fancy or they're really smart. And they could make this one function. We could add another variable, which is like the element, right? Like we could pass in the element. But the problem is if you're trying to really make things super, like all the way abstracted and just works for everything, it Uh kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It can be kind of like diminishing returns. The way I always think about my code and what I tell people in interviews is that I try to write 80 to 90% optimal solutions. If there's maybe a 10% better approach, or you can save a few more lines of code, mm. I'm not going to sit here and stress about it. I'm going to write what's pretty much good enough, and it, people can understand it on the team, and let's just get it out there. Because like, right. code is just like a means to an end. You really want to build the feature. Right. That's kind of the point. And some people can get too caught up in writing fancy code. Mm.
1: Yeah, so function, pretty much. Like you want to go more practical and functional.
0: Yeah, more practical and and not try to, like, stress about, like, oh, my God, I can make this even less lines of code. Like, in this example, we we probably could make it even a little bit less, but this is really readable. It's, like, good enough, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, no, this is, man, night and day for me. In my eyes, you know, like, starting out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So, any other questions that you've been working on over the week that you want to go over?
1: Well, I was so when I got stuck here last night, and I was like, immediately, I was just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I, it, you know, it's weird because once again, it's that self doubt that I feel like I hear many, like through many videos of people who started out their journey, they always feel like they they can't do it, and it's obviously it's difficult. I mean, it can be difficult to for many people who are just not you know used to. Reading this is a brand new language. You know, it is what it is. But <clears throat> like, you know, so daunting, and I, you know, just to kind of take a day, breathe, and just like, all right, look, let me just tackle it. You know, little by little. You know, instead of looking at it in the big bigger picture, I think like we said earlier, it's kind of just breaking it down and seeing, you know, what you know, what's gonna change, what or, or what it is you're you're specifically doing. Like that. That's how I was able to break it down for myself. Like initially when i started it again this morning i was just like okay so i know i have the home i know i have guests i'm like all right so now i I need numbers so what am i gonna call these numbers i'm gonna call them home guests you know just make it simple there and it's just it's kind of worked my way through that but either way once you know last night once i had just got got kind of scared i went off to free Code (laughs) Academy. okay I i was like let me start there like let me just and then, as I was going through Free Code Academy, I kind of just—it was a lot of things that I, I knew already, but they kind of were breaking it down differently. Like they started off with var instead of let, and eventually they got to let, but they said that the reason, like, there was a, a reason for the change to let, and they were talking about ES6. So I was—I wanted to ask you more about the ES6. Like apparently, like I, I've heard that be brought up a lot. So I'm guessing it's like a big pivotal moment for JavaScript.
0: Technically, it even got renamed to ES twenty fifteen. Yes. Started renaming the language updates to what year they were released. Essentially, like in two thousand fifteen, and leading up to it, there was just a lot of things they added to the language. And so, like let and const was one of those. Yeah. But there's also arrow functions and basically modernized a lot of things about the language. Mm-hmm. So all people are saying when they mean that is like they're talking about the language features that came in two thousand fifteen. That's really all it means.
1: Okay. And then another thing that they brought up was mutable and immutable. I'm not sure what that means. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I know think these are things that I can it. just look up on end, but I, I just want to hear your perspective before I looked it up.
0: Yeah, I think that's something I tried to mention a little bit before. It's going to be a little hard for you to wrap your head around until you get into building bigger applications. But essentially, like line eight, that's mutating a variable. So that's mutability. Okay. If you don't ever change a variable after you define it, that means it's immutable. Like, for instance, on so line const. four, if you said you don't have to use const, it just means that you never actually mutated the variable. Okay. So, like, if you said let count equals, uh, let it count two equals zero on line four, and then you never change it, so you never do plus equals anywhere, then that's an immutable variable, basically. Mm, yeah. Essentially, that's all it means. It just means that, like, you don't change variables after they're defined. Essentially what happened at like big companies before React was around, mm-hmm. is that people had a lot of mutable state. And as you can see with vanilla JavaScript, like you have to mutate stuff. Like you have right. count one there, it's zero, then it's changed. The problem is, is that in a larger app, like you can see count two is zero, but you don't really know how it got changed or where, or what the current value is. Okay, It's very hard to find what the current value is. Like if you're thinking through, like there's a bug after a user clicked this button and this button. In the code, you can't really tell what the current value of count one is. So I think that's part of the motivations for motive immutability, because mm. to change a variable, you have to actually like call it an update function. So that's kind of how react works with use state. You would call a function to update the value. So that way, I guess it's a little more clear when you're actually trying to update things versus some random function changing things. Okay. And I know it's it's really hard to understand. I think I'll try to explain it better once we get into React and start right. having like a more complex app. And I think you'll understand the difference a bit more.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, another question that I have is like, <clears throat> I know, like I, I've used this, you know, plus equals, but like I really, I still don't understand how like that's doing what it does. <laughs> sure. Okay. I can show
0: you really easily. Remove the plus sign. <laughs> and then after amount you're going to say count one equals amount plus count one that's literally all it's doing it's shorthand for that it's just saying take whatever the current value is no not plus one plus the variable count one so plus count one
1: plus count oh
0: yeah so you're essentially referencing the variable itself so all it's saying that's a that's the equivalent all, all you're doing is saying count one now equals whatever amount is plus count one. But so it, you're just adding to it.
1: But it's just copying this. The plus would technically be this. Would be the variable.
0: Yeah. The, when you say plus equals, it's just shorthand for what you see in front of you right now. Mm. Okay. All we're doing is saying we take the current value of this variable and add amount to it.
1: Right okay and then let's see what is the moving well yeah i had now i already asked that inner text inner context it's essentially the same thing right like you said
0: <laughs> yeah and then oh another thing i wanted to tell you is that happens a lot when you're learning you might be struggling on this and you can't figure it out and then you go to bed and you wake up and then somehow you're just like, oh my God, I know what I can try now and you right. try it and it works. Like that actually happens a lot when you're a developer.
1: Yeah, and like I said, just kind of just looked at it again. I'm like, all right, let me just because I think it just once again I looked at it as like a as the whole as a whole instead of just trying to tackle it bit by bit, chipping away at yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Oh so the thing I'll say first, and you could actually spend some time on this next. You mentioned how they wanted it to look nicer. I encourage you like tomorrow and the next day, Mm. don't even think about JavaScript. Just try to actually make it look like the photo, like practice your CSS, whatever it takes that you don't know to make it look like the photo. So in the end, or what I currently do is if I'm given a design, like if I don't know where the data comes from or how the interactions are supposed to work, I actually never think about any of that. What I think about is I look at the design Mm. and I try to code that up with HTML and CSS and react and try to make the best like component architecture for those. I know that you don't really understand what that means yet, but essentially (laughs) I'll look at the design and I'm just trying to code up the HTML and CSS for the most part. I don't really think about anything else. Okay. And then there's like a second level to that. Once it actually matches the design fully and these components work, then I think about, okay, where do I get the data from? Like, what are the interactions that need to happen? Okay. and then you build that part. And so that way you don't have to look at some problem and you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to do half of this, and you just sit there. Instead, you're like, no, I'm gonna start the half I know how to do. Right. That's what, And then you you can kind of learn as you
1: go. And one thing, I, like, I don't know, I guess if anyone, you know, aspiring to be a coder or not, I think I saw, I saw a video that said, you know, it's okay not to memorize everything, And I think that was, like, another issue at hand when I was tackling this. It was just, like, I felt like, like, damn, I didn't remember. Like, I did eventually. But, like, even then, like, initially, it was just so daunting for me. that I don't remember everything that's there. And I think it's okay to look things up. It's okay to Google things up. It still felt like, in a way, I was failing (laughs) because I didn't remember it. But... I hear a lot of times developers are researching things. They don't know everything and it's okay for them. to you know, look it up.
0: Yeah. You need to get really good at knowing how to search for things. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Like if you were stuck and you didn't know how to increment something, let's, let's try this right now, like open a new tab and try to search for like increment value in HTML, vanilla JavaScript that's literally the term i would search for vanilla js like yeah so see we got a stack overflow so let's see if this is right you, if you get a stack overflow you, you probably did an okay job uh so like this is a lot of times you're going to find something like this like this one's talking about they're incrementing and decrementing something and it's only updating one thing so like it's sort of related to what we're trying to do Okay. A lot of times when I'm finding stuff like this, I don't really pay that much attention to the question. Right. I'm hoping that I Googled good enough. And if I'm in a hurry, I'll scroll down and look at the first answer that's highlighted as correct. So this one, unfortunately, it actually doesn't have like a whole bunch of upvotes. It's not a very popular Stack Overflow one, but yeah. maybe we can figure something out from here. This is actually not exactly what we want. So I didn't do a very good Google search. If this is me, I'm really impatient about how I look things up that I'm trying to figure out. I will already hit the back button and I will look at the other listings under Stack Overflow and hope one of them more applies to me. That second one actually looks really good. How can I increment a value inside HTML? So I click on that one now. And this one seems a lot more simpler than what we're trying to do. The selected answer, if you scroll down has a green check mark, which means like it was accepted as the actual answer by the person who wrote the question. Okay. And now we can actually see, I think this is super applicable. So it's saying like, you're grabbing an element by ID. You're saying, let the number equal the inner HTML. And then they're just doing like a a number plus plus to increment it, and then they're setting it back. So it's not exactly how we're doing it and they're just incrementing it by one. But if you know enough, and especially as you learn more, it'll be close enough of an answer that you'll be able to continue and figure out what you're doing
1: wrong. Okay. And plus plus, like, is it always going to be just plus one? Like always? See, so
0: yeah, a plus plus and minus minus are just special operators, but yes, they move it up by one. And technically, like the way that one works is see, this is like where you can get into all the craziness of JavaScript and how the types get coerced. Mm-hmm. What that means is like number right there because it's inner HTML, it's actually a string. But, when you do plus plus it will convert it to a number and actually add to it not everything works that way mm. so you can't always just like call some number method on a string and you can't right. just call some string method on a number you have to convert it first but for instance you'll you'll see here that the plus plus clearly increments it
1: Necessary. even though actually, it's a string actually number is a string until the oh like oh we see, just i guess said- it doesn't work
0: so I guess that it doesn't work. I just took the answer at face value because right. like, I'm not incrementing stuff with plus plus all the time. But And it's okay. marked correct, so I thought it was correct. But right, right. The, the person replying says, yeah, so that it actually doesn't work because you want to convert it to a number first, I think. It might not actually work. So that's the only thing to think of. Mm. Like you, I, I don't know if you know the method parse int. No. But you can actually turn a string into a number if that string can represent a number
1: i know like so if you a add a string and a number it's always gonna it, the string is gonna like prioritize. yeah like two
0: two plus two but one of them is a string will be 22. 22 yeah yeah so you just have to be careful to like convert it a lot of this stuff that you're playing with around having to convert a number and those things in the html mm. it's all really that's another little bit of a thing that react and, and Svelte kind of handle for you because you're not right. converting back and forth to strings in the HTML. It just stays a number in your code. So you're not having to really convert stuff all the time. Okay. But it's fundamental stuff. Like you never know if an interview is going to ask you like, is this a string or a number when you do this? So it's like, that's why people spend a lot of time understanding how all the variables work.
1: Okay. Gotcha. And there's a stack overflow of, that important like is it a good source
0: yeah it, i think i sent you it before for so, the yeah. developer survey they're like pretty much the the biggest place to find questions and answers about random code things mm. like i've posted questions on there in the past it's been a while i used to try to answer some questions on there too but it's really helpful so you could bookmark it and learn how to search yeah. for it as mm-hmm. well but you'll see there, like w- what I searched for and how I thought to search for that. Like just right. doing that is something you kind of have to learn, right? Like right. what's a good way to, to write this in words of what I'm trying to do and then mm. pull up the stuff in Google. It's a really good habit to, to practice.
1: Right. Which, which it's part of the job, right? Like you're problem solving. So you need to research. And, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's almost like having a second brain if you're really good at searching because mm-hmm. There might be some things you do very rarely, like maybe once every year or, or even less. And you're like, oh, I remember I got to do this again. And right. you, it kind of pops into your head. You're like, oh, this is all I have to search for. And I can find how to do it
1: again. Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Cool. Because
0: that's kind of going back to what you had mentioned about not trying to memorize things. Like yeah, you really man. don't. You You memorize it through using it. And it, it really is just like a learned language. If you're incrementing a number all the time, you're going to Google it. And then soon enough, you're not going to Google it because you're doing it all the time.
1: Right. And then, so I feel like maybe this is something I probably shouldn't even have to worry about right now because I'm in the basics. But like, <clears throat> what, like when it comes to, you know, being a developer and say like you, you mainly work in, in JavaScript, right? Like, does your job, mainly focus on like, I mean, then again, also I am doing basics and right now I'm just dealing with like numbers, something, you know, pretty basic, just incrementing, you know, decrementing, but do like what entails for like your, your job, like as a, as a React developer, like, or like as a JavaScript developer or whatnot, like, what is it that you, you are actually tasked to do? You know, because here I'm just sure I'm just making a calculator or a counter, you know. But what is it that you guys actually do?
0: I say there's a lot of different areas you can kind of specialize in, and then not a lot of places I've worked at, I've been more of a generalist doing different things. So mm. I'll kind of answer it in a couple ways. If you're a front end developer, you're essentially doing this just a little more advanced, like a front end developer, you'd be given a design for the scoreboard, and they would say, I want you to make it look like this. So then you're going to write the HTML and CSS, and then they're going to say, Like when you click this button, like we want to increment it. So you're going to add it in a real app. It's going to be a little more involved because they're probably going to say, like, I want to make sure that the user is logged in. Whenever the score goes up, we want to make you do a network request to the to the back end so that we can store what the score is on our server. So there's like a little more interactions there. But as a front end developer, this is basically what you would do. For the most part, you're going to make HTML and CSS and you're going to build the interactions. And then some sites and some designs can be very in-depth as to transitions, animations. Mm -hmm. But overall, it just depends on what type of company you're working at and what the product is. Now, if you're doing more full stack development, you're going to do that. And then you're going to also help on the back end. So you're going to have a database and you're going to store data in it your front end is going to make a network request and on the back end, you're going to actually build an endpoint that the front end can hit. And then depending on your company, I honestly, out of everywhere I've worked, places like to talk about testing, but they never get to write enough of them. You're going to want to write tests. Like a Mm -hmm. test for this one would be literally you write tests in words and then you write the code that, that runs your code, if that makes sense. So you would actually have a test that says, when I click plus two, the number the score goes up by two right so then in your test you're gonna have you're gonna actually have a way to test that says like i expect the html for the home element to now be six after i press this button so you Mm. can actually write tests but a lot of places don't write tests and a lot of like developers don't even know how to write them there's a lot of companies that just kind of have like a lot of code and no tests i would say it's very common right there's like whole different spectrums of the different types of companies you'd work at. Then if you were working on mobile, like mobile React Native,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, React Native, it'd be very similar, except instead of building web views, you would be building out the screens using Flex, as i would mentioned before, right. on the mobile app and doing all the same things, but it's just not for a web client. It's for a mobile app. Any other questions there?
1: So essentially this is front-end, right? This would be front-end developing and back-end is like completely just a different animal.
0: Yeah, I think once you get into React, since I'll make a little back-end server for you, okay. and I'll let you like learn how you hit it, like how you access it from the front-end. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after getting a little more comfortable re- with React, I'll help explain how the back-end is set up. Gotcha. And it says it's still all going to be written in TypeScript slash JavaScript, I think you'll be able to understand it quickly, but you'll need to have like an understanding of how databases work like at a basic level mm-hmm. to, I don't know, but I think you'll be able to pick it up fast. It's a lot less, I mean, it's a lot more straightforward, I would say, depending okay. on what you're building. Like if you're building a blog, for instance, the back end for a blog is pretty straightforward. Your front end, however, depending on the company, they might be, Wanting to have all these fancy animations and things, right? Right. If they want all of these crazy fancy things, the backend doesn't change at all. The backend still just returns a post. It lets you create a post, and those sorts of things. But you do have to handle other things that you wouldn't really handle on the front end, like logging in a user, making sure that like their password is hashed and it's not just stored in plain text, and like handling creating a session for the user. So you under, you learn about cookies. So there's like mm-hmm. a lot of other things you you have to learn. to understand how the backend works but you can have a really basic one not have to learn too many things
1: okay okay and then i think another question i have is because you know before like one of my earlier attempts of trying to get into like i wouldn't say coding the coding space but just like the ui ux design space i was messing like i was doing more like graphic design stuff so like for example i was working more with like uh I'd say, I just, I just drew a blank. Illustrator? Sketch, Sketch, Sketch app.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Sketch app, you see right up here. Only reason, because Figma, they, they mentioned Figma. So like those those type of UI, UX design programs, like is that, like how do you guys work in tangent with that? If you know, like.
0: Sure, yeah. I'd say um, usually the designers are working in those and they kind of give you those designs. And for instance, things like Figma, And, and even sketch, like if you open up a sketch file for the design, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to click and see like, oh, the distance between home and the score where it says six is like 14 pixels. So then when you're writing your CSS, you're going to make sure you add the right amount of padding so that it adds up to 14 pixels and matches the design. Um, So that's kind of how, how it works. Like literally right now where I work, there's a Figma and the designers like have what they want it to look like. And I'll click around the Figma. And you'll get the like, oh, that's a blue color, and right. and like since I'm using Tailwind, it has like you say like bg dash brand dash whatever right. shade it is. So in our Figma, it actually will say like it's shade eight. So you can kind of take some of the stuff from the Figma and you'll add the paddings and all that stuff, and just knowing HTML and CSS, you'll make it match.
1: Oh, so so essentially, like you the UI and UX designers, they just they just draw it out. And then they hand it to exactly. you. Exactly, you just have to recreate it.
0: Yeah, the, and it's more than that too, because you got to also think most every website support like has responsive designs. So they might design the desktop view and the mobile view, and you're gonna set it up so that the breakpoints it breaks down and matches mobile. Sometimes they want a completely different look on mobile, so then you have to add some JavaScript that like swaps out what's rendered if you're on mobile. But, but you could do some of that in CSS too. And anyway. could
1: would like was it bootstrap would bootstrap do that that for you like kind of condense it from a desktop view to a mobile view
0: no i mean so like css in general has media queries so it's up to you as a developer you can make something be different at any pixel size so everything's based off the width of your browser Okay. So if you inspect the page, and you'll even notice with Scrimba, I'm sure if you, if you right-clicked inspect and then you started dragging it smaller, it's going to resize different things. Um, but anyways, Bootstrap, it's, it, Bootstrap is synonymous with Tailwind. It's like a different way right. to get some pre-built stuff. So it, I encourage you actually, like, look up Bootstrap and look at Tailwind. And you can see that they're essentially the same types of things. They just do it in a different way bootstrap's been around a lot longer on top of that bootstrap has a bunch of like pre-made components already tailwind has tailwind ui with pre-built components All right. i would say bootstrap just kind of an older way of doing things and tailwind is much much more modern in a lot of different ways that i don't know i don't want to really i got you, dive into yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> but i encourage you to look at them both because they are essentially the same thing they're showing you like here's how you use our variables. Like, here's how you use our components, like scroll down to the components part, you're gonna have a code sample. So they're showing you like, I haven't even been keeping up with bootstrap. But you'll see that they have like a utility API. So you can pull in different stuff that they already did for you in your CSS. Similar ideas to Tailwind. Okay, Then scroll down, they have like a JavaScript plugin. So let's see one that they have, like go to alert, go to alert. So essentially like if you're just building like a vanilla vanilla JavaScript website and you need like an alert, if you scroll down, there should be an example. I think it says live example on the right side in the menu. So click show live alert. So they're just saying like you click a button and it actually shows whatever's there. So the way Bootstrap works, if you look at that HTML there, you give an ID, live alert button, mm-hmm. and then you have a live alert placeholder above it, and it will trigger making sure that it shows when you press the button. So this is fine if you're just like sprinkling a little JavaScript on a page, right. but you'll understand that if you're already using something like React or Svelte, you wouldn't really want this because it's just duplicating a bunch of extra JavaScript on the page that you can kind of already do. That's why I like Timwin so much because you can add just little parts that you need. You can kind of like add an alert right. only and only add that little bit of code. Whereas a lot of things like Bootstrap that are made before, you kind of include the whole entire thing whether you're using it or not. Mm-hmm. And that might be different now. So I don't want anyone to like take what I'm saying as a like fact, but yeah. <laughs> They all just do things their own little way. And I would say Bootstrap is more meant for people who don't have like a full JavaScript front end. And what I'm trying to get you to go towards is using something like React or Spelt. And you don't really need to do these. You don't really need these plugins in order to do these things.
1: And that's why Tailwind, like at least for what we're aiming for would be better.
0: Yeah. And also the thing I love about Tailwind (laughs) is that say you have like a really small site and you have like, one little card from tailwind UI. That's Mm. the only CSS that's going to be included. Just the little part you're using. Right. And just that one element you're using. So it's very
1: lightweight. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And then another thing was using Flex. Never really used. I've been, you know, with West boss, I did grids, but Sam. Oh, nice. (laughs) that and that's yeah. one thing i did i I did copy this just because i was like man i kind of didn't like i didn't know how to orient it like without using grid and even then when i wanted to use grid i was kind of like i didn't i haven't practiced it in a minute so i kind of forgot it i was just like so i kind of just use it to flex and it just goes across
0: yeah, that's fine. The one thing I was going to say is this is another good example of if you're going to write CSS classes, it could be good to make it more specific, like maybe instead of just container, right. if this was a bigger app and there's a bunch of things, you All could right. have like game container. And then you didn't have to make two and three. You could just reuse container. That's the whole point of classes. It's that oh, yeah? you write a class and you reuse it. Yeah, so yeah, so delete. Nice. you could delete two and three and then just yeah, change the other ones to container.
1: I go here. Be container. Oh, ah. for some reason I don't know what I, I felt. I felt like when using different containers, it was gonna like give you the next row. If that made any sense, like that's the way I pictured it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it, essentially, like, what is? How does it? No, to you know go on to the next row is it just the orientation of the html itself or
0: well so you have it set to space around so right now it's a little hard to visualize mainly because it's not formatted well like right. prettier but go back to the index.html i'll show you like a way that can be helpful collapse line 22 does it let you collapse things in this editor oh uh, no it doesn't no. maybe copy and paste this into the vs code the whole file
1: haven't opened this in a while. Ooh. I saw the West Boss stuff. That's
0: honestly another thing I actually recommend if you're doing some of these longer scrimba tasks. Uh-huh. Make the index.html file locally and the JS file locally. And just open it in VS Code because it's such a better experience. And then you'll also get the formatting so it's easier for your head to visualize.
1: Can you see my window right now, or no? No. Let's see.
0: You might have to hit stop sharing and then share a different window or screen.
1: Share. Entire screen. Oh. Cool. All right, so...
0: Just I, go file, file new. new file. Just, just call it test.html or index.html.
1: That is not enter. That is right.
0: Okay. Oh, I guess that didn't open it. That's no, weird. I guess not. Okay. Do file... Uh, HTML test. wait just hit just hit go back and hit text file and then now hit like file save and save it as html if we don't save it as html it's not going to format and now paste it now hit save. Okay, good. So now on line 19, collapse it and collapse line 15. And then, okay, so now you can kind of visualize this a little bit more, maybe even collapse line 10 and line seven. So ignore ignore after line thirteen. All we're looking at is line six. <clears throat> so the way this works is when you say, which you can go back and look if you want to reference it. When you say display flex, uh, what that does is it just orders things by default in a row. Okay. So you have two elements. That's why I had you collapse them so it's easy for you to visualize. Like inside of container, there's only two divs, right? Right. You understand that. One, two, yeah. And it doesn't matter what's inside them. Like you don't need to think about that right now because everything kind of like nests down. So at the top level, it's just aligning those two things in a row. And then what you told it to do is you said space around. So when you go back and look in the window, space around just means like literally space around each side. So that's why it looks like that. If you go back and look at where it says home and guest, And if you want to play like or first, does that make sense? Or do I need to explain that in more detail?
1: Nothing that makes sense.
0: Go back and, and just change the CSS to space between and you'll notice that it just makes sure that there's well not in not in VS Code, Sorry. like in Scrimbo so we can see it. If you do space between, you'll notice that they're just as far apart as possible and they touch the edge of the page.
1: Ah. So,
0: just to show you, like a different way of flexing. So, then right. if you wanted it to be like a column, so again, by default, flex puts all the items into a row. So that's why they're perfectly in a row. Right. You can say flex direction. You can add another rule if you want just to see it once flex direction column. It's another rule, like another CSS oh. attribute, another CSS rule. Yep. And then column. So if you notice how that now, now it's stacked. Right. Honestly, a lot of times if you're doing very simple layouts, you'll essentially just say when it goes down to mobile, you'll set the direction to column. And then as it gets bigger, you'll let it be a row again. Because depending on how big your thing is, it can't fit in a row on a mobile screen. So that's like a simple thing you can do mm-hmm. when you want something to fit. So we'll remove that one. And then I guess we'll go look at the other part if you want me to walk through that. So then go to the Yep. Yeah, so then go to the other container and expand 15. So again, you have two elements. So it's working the exact same as the one you have above, just doing space around All right. in, with those two items in a row, and then now expand line 19. And I'm sure it's just the same simple structure. So and this one, just... yeah, you wrapped a div around them so that they're each in that section. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of how you can compose together layouts. Like you might see on the screen, like, okay, home and game need to be next to each other. So you flex it like that. But then maybe inside of home, there's like another thing and it's stacked a different way. Right. So inside of that div, you can say flex column and you can have the one outside of it flex row. And it just kind of all, like you got to think about it in your head as that single spot. So that you can visualize and understand it in the way we went almost, through here,
1: almost kind of like grid in a way.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's very similar to grid, but
1: just one. Dimension. Like you,
0: you'll use you'll use grid in combination with this, and I hope mm. that kind of makes sense now. Like you, if you wanted, like it's completely fine. You could have made it a grid and a two column layout instead of using flex. Right. But if you want to center things, you'll probably have a grid, and then inside of those grid items, you use flex, and you'll say like justify center, so that it's in the center of that grid column okay so yeah i would definitely recommend playing around more with that and there's definitely times where it could go either way you Mm -hmm. like oh just use grid or flex whichever one and then there's also times where you need to use flex to center something inside of a grid so use them together
1: right okay cool I'm good. Yeah, I think that's all I have for the moment.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, you're doing really good. I'm excited to see how excited you were about figuring out this solution.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was, I was excited. I was, I don't know. I felt like a kid, you know, running to their parent, like look what I learned today. <laughs> I was that's like, good. yeah, man, I was proud of myself on that. I was like, all right, cool. I've actually did something. So.
0: Have you been feeling like there's a struggle moments, but then there's moments where you're like really happy?
1: Yeah, like like for for example, like today I was super happy. Like that was that was a nice accomplishment. Like I haven't felt that in a minute because once again, like last night it just it didn't seem feasible that like and it's weird because normally I don't give up, but like I don't know why. That just felt so big. I'm like, nah man, I can't do this. (laughs) Let me let me go to let me go to the other site and see what they got for me. And I was just powering through it in the beginning. I'm like, I know this already. Which was still good. It was a good review. You know, it was still good for my muscle memory to practice, and I'm still going to go through it. But then, you know, kind of woke up with a different mindset. My like, God, right, let me just actually try to do this because it's not going to go away anytime soon. And this is kind of what you, you know, if someone puts something in front of me. I'm going to have to try to figure it out. So I know the, the name of the game for development is problem solving. So had to, you know, weather the storm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's good. You're making really good progress, and I'm glad you're having those moments because it those are the best when it happens. Like if you're stuck for a long time, and then you figure it out.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Appreciate it all.